0: Yeah. I guess so. Welcome to Crossing Darkness, a podcast about tabletop role playing games with a focus on the world of darkness. We are broadcasting over Twitch every Sunday at 7 p.m. Central Time and are open to questions, to answering questions from the chat during the show. I'm your host, Frozen Fallout. My co host is Motorori, who helped me create this podcast as well as a 40 person four table Gen Con event. Oh, hi. Are you going to do your part? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you just totally uh, forgot, huh? <laughs> Welcome to live TV, to, people.
1: <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to get the chat box back on the on the Twitch stream, because I, I popped it out last time, and now it's just gone. Um, anyway, hello, everyone. And today we have special guest Coder Fastiel, who is the storyteller for the Hunters in our 40-person, four-table Gen Con event. Uh, That's right. How have you been, uh, have you been doing,
0: Coder? Been doing good. Been keeping busy. Keeping warm. How about yourselves? I'm oh, doing good. Doing good. I'm in Pennsylvania right now, actually, which is uh, very different for me. I'm not usually not usually in Pennsylvania. I'm usually in Madison, Wisconsin. So it's it's been uh, a, yeah. a little bit of a time zone change for me, and trying to figure out how to work around the twelve hours of nighttime driving that we did. So <laughs> we're all like yeah, super no jet lagged.
2: Or are you in the mountainous area of Pennsylvania?
0: Uh no, we're in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. I'm relatively flatter over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool little city. We did a little running around uh in the city this uh this week. Brad, yeah, got to see uh the Liberty Bell. Bung um. So Coder, tell us a little bit about your uh, gaming history. How'd you get into uh role playing games?
2: How did I get into role playing games? Well, um <clears throat> well, I don't know. Like I uh, I was always into reading when I was a kid and I always had access to like King Arthur stories and stuff like that. Um so I think that's kind of like what got me into like fantasy in general. It was just kind of like that sort of golden age of uh, story, you know, like the the knights and, you know, good versus evil and you know, King Arthur and Lancelot and all the, you know, Percival and all the different stories, you know, Mordred and, and, and everything, you know, like, and I read that a lot as a kid. I read uh, Tolkien. I learned a lot of Tolkien. I remember reading that when I was in, like, fourth grade uh, and, like, fifth grade. And and then, actually, I read uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which added kind of like a, like a weird twist, I think, into my my universe so like all of my very young before sixth grade like era i read all of this like weird zany but fun fantasy type adventure stuff
0: and i think that was
2: like probably my catalyst
0: yeah did you um, uh you read the cimmerillion a lot too didn't you didn't you uh... yeah i've
2: read it numerous times yeah i like to think of myself as kind of like a tolkien scholar to some degree <laughs> yeah like i could like name drop some cool elves from like other times
0: so if you got into like a <laughs> uh a tolkien off with uh stephen colbert do you think you could uh think you could keep up at all Ooh. or you, you might Ooh, keep... i don't
2: know that's a formidable uh, opponent there he, he knows colbert. a
0: lot yeah yeah. he be
2: dropping some names of the elder maiar for sure.
0: <laughs> so, what kind of uh, what was the first uh, role playing game um, the tabletop role playing game that you played? Oh, sure. You know what it's kind of funny. I think back
2: to it and it's it's actually Legos. My little brother and I made a dice rolling game with character sheets and all kinds of stuff with Legos and we built whole cities when we were kids in our rooms like on a like we would take our uh we would take our door off of our closet put that on a floor and that would make a perfectly flat you know area to play and build a huge fucking lego city on so we both did that and i got all like the night stuff and you got all like the islanders or whatever and we like we would raid each other but we would use these cards and roll two six-sided dice at each other and whoever won like got all the gold and stuff like all the little gems and like money gold pieces and or maybe capture some people and so we would do that, and that was a ton of fun. And then, and we also had like a way of like ga- gauging experience points based upon what level they were and all that kind of. Anyway, so that. But but really, like the first like commercial like tabletop game that I ever played was Dungeons and Dragons Second Edition.
0: Oh yeah, good good edition. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked. Uh, so so you know all about Thaco then. Oh, all about it. Yeah, like anyone, we all know all about Thaco. To hit armor class zero, the calculations yeah. that one must make. Yep.
2: And yeah, also- it's, a,
0: it's an interesting one.
2: I never, I, I, I finally got it one day and then we just switched to 3.0. <laughs> Pretty sure that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think I could explain it well anymore. Yeah, it's two hit at armor class zero, but what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, it doesn't really clarify it any better
0: <laughs> to say it out loud.
2: So you, you go, remember,
0: oh, oh. So, do you remember so, any of your like first uh, campaigns that you kind of went through, or what, what your first character was like?
2: Yeah, I was playing a. Uh, it was a uh, paladin. It was a pre-rolled paladin, and I don't know what if it was like a pre-built like module or anything like that. But it was in a. Well, you'll remember Matt's old basement when he lived with his grandpa. So, like, we would play down there, and that was like it was. Long, long, or no, maybe it was, maybe it was at Joe's house, or maybe even Matt's house. This was pre-Matt's grandpa era, now that I think
0: about it. Yeah, I was about to say, because yeah, you definitely were gaming with Matt before yeah, I got involved. Yeah, no, in it was,
2: uh, I take that back. Yeah, this was his, I'm, I'm I'm confusing his grandpa's house with his mom's old house. Anyway, <laughs> we played um, that, and I was a paladin, and, and uh, uh, Matt was the storyteller. Uh, Joe was there, and I forget what Joe was playing. Chuck was there. Chuck was playing a... Uh, he was playing Delavon, a, a dwarven fighter, actually. Oh, yeah. Interestingly enough. Yeah, so from whatever campaign that comes from, I guess that's what we were playing.
0: Yeah, awesome.
2: And I just remember, like, we were, like... Like, at the, towards the end of the module, we were on the top of, like, the roof of the inn, surrounded by zombies, you know, and, like, fighting them all as best we can. Like, we were, like, level three. So, like, we didn't really have that much, like, power or strength or hit points, you know. So, it was just, like, hold the door, you know, kind of tactics and hope for the best. Uh, we're pretty sure we're going to jump off this roof and hopefully, like, crowd surf to the other side. Uh, and, you know, like, a wyvern came and got us that somebody knew or something like that. Very Tolkien, he saved the Eagles moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that's a, that's kind of like the highlight I remember about that. But yeah, I was a paladin. I got to use my lay on hands because people were getting hurt, and i had I had a cool sword that you know was some form of good or light or something like that. So it did extra damage to the undead.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that, I I always love those kind of crazy first campaigns that you kind of get into because they're they're always there's some crazy stuff going on. Like, my first Dungeons & Dra- Dragons game um, that I played was... We played with a bag of, of beans. So, there's, like, 101 beans that are in the bag. And you just put the bean down and roll on the chart and see what happens next. And we went through, like, I don't know, like, 10 or 20 beans or something like that. Got, like, a... Oh! Uh, oh one of the spaceships. It's not a spaceship. It was, uh... What is... What the hell is that called? The... The space version of D D is that spell jammer oh, okay. yeah yes yeah, so i've we, never played
2: it i've only ever heard it described
0: we kind of played a little bit with it um we kind of used it to do we, i think i've think i've ended up on one of the like main trade hubs or something like that of of there um when roy was was dming way back in the day because him and his brother did a ton of spell jammer stuff ah Neat. So let's take a look here. So uh, so what have you been up to uh, for gaming during the pandemic? Have you been up to any kind of gaming during the pandemic? Sure. All, or...
2: Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I mean, so uh, a ton of, you know, personal gaming. Um, but during the pandemic here, I have learned how to play several board games that i have been meaning to learn how to play, like uh, XCOM. Finally figured that one out and uh what else do we have here i just got um some other board games too like uh starfarers catan which is pretty neat but as far as like tabletop gaming yeah we've had to find like online solutions to gaming uh because of course covid so we're we're separating so we need tools that allow us to like organize and tell our story but keep our notes straight Keep things moving forward, keep people interested, that kind of thing. So, yeah, we've been utilizing like Discord obviously for communication, which has been super handy. I think this platform existing free of charge the way it does for people who just want to sign up is super cool. Uh, uh, We would use some other method, like some, you know, we would use like TeamSpeak or, or Ventrilo or whatever else is out there if this wasn't the solution, but this has both audio and video. And and sharing screen sharing and you can and it's scalable, uh, server power you know that you can pay for it or or uh, tip, you know the owner of the server. Yep. So that's really neat, I think. Uh, so obviously we've been using this, but uh, we've been using Roll Twenty. Uh, I think. Well, you've been in a, in some of the games we've we've played. I think you actually was the were the DM of one of the we played Pathfinder yep. 2. Were you DMing that, or was I DMing that? I don't know. Yeah, what I DMed.
0: I DM'd the Pathfinder Two game yeah. where, we where we were doing the. Um, you guys were in what? What the hell is that uh, setting? Oh, uh, Inner
2: Sea. Yeah, the Inner Sea. Yeah, exactly. We were all like, you know, pirates. Well, I was a pirate anyway. But we were on a ship. Uh, we were like heroes, you know, who were called to a great wizard's tower to do, you know, legendary quests. And we were all. You know heroic types, of course, and so we made it there and ended up on our on this quest for crystals and you know fought you know great beasts and things along this uh you know desert path. Uh, in what was it, Casta Mir Casimir, or something Casimir like that?
0: yeah, I think that was it, yes, yeah,
2: something like that. C- catapesh, the catapesh, yeah, that's it, yeah. And you were in so that
1: campaign, know. Mike, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that was the game where we had to stop gathering at uh coder's house because of covid that's right yeah yeah that was
0: right at the beginning of all of this well Well, uh we were playing
1: for a while before that we were yeah we were we definitely had a lot of games
0: over at your place and then we switched over to roll
1: 20. that's right i think we started uh what fall of 2019 and then it was at some point in in march last year we were like ah god can't can't get together anymore yep yeah so yeah then so then we decided to kind of switch it up a little bit and we've been
2: we started playing my uh starfinder campaign right up until like my work started getting super crazy and i had uh had a couple weekends i think in a row where you know how it happens when you miss a couple games and people start uh not showing up or it's getting harder harder to start you know that kind of thing so i ended up saying hey calling it for now let's put it on hiatus so but yeah we were just talking about uh you know getting it started again this month on uh on saturday march 20th maybe so we'll see gonna talk are, to everybody if
0: are you thinking about now. doing anything with uh broadcasting that at all or, or recording the game at, at least um...
2: i hadn't been like i wasn't going to make any effort to do so um because we had already begun the game you know like it wouldn't be a start-to-finish type thing. I mean, if it was going to be just, a, oh, let's just use this material to like brush up our skills and you know editing and, and see what we get and just play with it kind of thing, it would be good for that. But um, I just I don't have the bandwidth personally to t- take that up and do anything meaningful with it right now. Right. Someone else is welcome to. I, it's fine by me. I don't care.
1: <laughs> oh, it would depend on the other players, too. I'm not sure if they're into streaming. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that yeah, we should definitely always just broadcast the uh, uh, that that that's what that could be an option unless it's a deal breaker,
0: right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience, um, if you remember at all, uh, what what it was like uh, running a game at uh, GenCon? I think that was this the first game that you'd ever ran at GenCon? Was our Madison Under Siege uh, Hunter game that you you ran?
2: yeah i can't think of anything that i had run before that um i thought it i thought it was uh it was a big it was a big thing um i think that you know just getting that number of people organized to do one thing and play one thing on that scale you know like was just a big question mark in the first place was anybody really gonna sign up for this thing now i think you know like you know, we've been to Khan and and we know what the what the I think the the temperature is, and people want people are thirsty for this particular, I think, uh, genre, right? And mm-hmm. and like so, it, it it filled right up. There it was almost no problem. I think we had.
0: Yeah, I think Hunter we had super people. popular because nobody runs Hunter, so.
2: Yeah, and well, and I like Hunter. I think it's neat because it has the you know the sort of like weakness of mortality, but. Focused to the through, through like hyper focused through a lens, you know, and you know, given these fragile mortals some stupid power that allows them to for a moment, you know, contend with the the, the other, <laughs> right?
0: Um, <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: but yeah, it's powers not are edges because it Camp gives is them an your edge,
1: edge. yeah. If you're if
2: you're a hunter, well, you should be almost always using your power to run the fuck away. <laughs> Unless you're you're unless you're there to just clobber something and then
0: then you're using your second power to run the fuck away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although there are some really nasty powers that the hunters do have. Um, and yeah, you can build a team. Right, cool. that, yep, yep, and just yeah, it's just like the other you know the other
2: uh, world of darkness type materials where you really get to. Um, you know put a lot of paint on your doll so to speak there's a lot of different options that line up and like allow it to play you know i think you know like one thing i think that you should have if you're going to play hunter is you should make backup sheets for people (laughs) (laughs) just be like look you're playing a glass cannon just remember to you know with a smile pick your packet to know who you're going to be with your second character already because (laughs) uh you know hunters are not long-lived. right
0: Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea, actually. I didn't think about <laughs> that. That's a, that's a great idea. It's just, to...
2: If you could plan ahead and just be like, oh, yep, that was expected. You know, people are like, oh, yep, that was expected.
0: <laughs> so you had come up with a pretty crazy uh, story for for your, your hunter background. Do you remember any of that story that you'd kind of developed? I know it was oh, a long time ago.
2: Yeah. Sure, well, it was years, yeah, sure. But not so many years. Um, so like the main premise of it was kind of a... Um, Kind of duality, right? There were two hunters that kind of got to know each other in Vietnam for whatever reason. Like way before the reckoning, you know. Like these guys woke up and became hunters and and saw things, and you know, and others did too during that tumultuous time. And they didn't survive, you know. Like, but these guys, these guys were better than the rest, right? And they were a team, you know. So this this is like Magneto and uh, Doctor X, yeah, kind of situation. Professor Xavier. Yep. Yeah, you know, and they don't have, you know, maybe their, their powers didn't, maybe they did a little bit like, uh, you know, you can't replicate, uh, uh, Magneto really with, uh, yeah.
0: not with, with, not that with that. hunters,
2: not yeah. with Hunter, but like kind of like similar ideas. So these guys were, you know, like, you know, like, uh, Navy SEAL type fighter, t- you know, trained, you know, commandos that, you know, survived that and became like these older dudes in the, in the, in the nineties, I think that was our setting, like two, early two thousands, late nineties, or something like that. You know, and so they they were they were running the Hunter School, or one of them was. The other one was 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 running like a, you know, an underground gig thing to try and take it all down. You know, just like Magneto eventually started doing. It had a had an alt school for Hunters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so kind of you know that was that was, you know, just the the bones, the biggest bones right there. Mm-hmm. Alternate School, Good Hunter School dark hunter school you know and are either of them really wrong i mean you're fighting the fucking undead who can say (laughs) like you have the so that was like part of my game was this uh sort of temptation to let it all be free and just indiscriminately kill but a big part of the you know the four story game was cooperation so how you know and and our team of players were playing the cooperative team not the alt school of of uh you know kill all the uh, kill all of the Anything not human, kill them, you know, like that was their school.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so it was a little bit of a conflict with that. And then having to also get
0: along with. Oh, I think you, I think you lost your connection there, dude. Sorry, hey, what's that? Oh, I got uh, you, we back. just lost your audio for a little bit there. <laughs> oh, I probably, I knocked something down and it made a bunch <laughs> of noise probably.
2: So, uh, but yeah, it was like the werewolves, you know, the, the, the vampires, and the the mages and then there was the hunters you know and then there was the evil hunters so you know like the the hunters had to deal with this whole big spread of everybody and then also an alternate version of themselves that were being dicks you know and and breaking things and screwing up their relationships because how do you know who's a good hunter and an evil hunter they're just hunters right Uh, yep (laughs) like
0: if you're a vampire you don't know (laughs) oh yeah for sure yeah none of the (laughs) i remember there were some, some problems about that yep so, uh,
2: yeah, that, that was kind of the the bones of, like, the Hunter School and, like, how they were operating. Um, and I left it to the players to decide how they wanted to interact with uh, all the people. And, you know, I honestly, from that point, I was drinking and smoking and I wasn't paying a lot of attention. They
0: were having a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one thing about our games was it was really nice. We got to, because we had so many people, we had so much background on each character and we had so much connection to all the other characters Besides, you know, some of the combat oriented stuff that we had to um, be involved in um, for the tabletop version, um, even a lot of the other tabletop stuff that we did, which was like, you know, politics and stuff like that, it was nice to be able to sit back as a GM and really, you know, just let your players do their thing. You know, Mm -hmm. you didn't didn't have to really get directly involved in a lot of stuff unless you were right in the midst of like a combat, basically, Um, because we didn't do a lot of like us playing characters, you know, as GMs, um, you know, a little bit with your like alt school that you had, um, and stuff like that. But in, in general, we let the players do a lot of the, um, role playing with each other.
2: Yep. There were a few times where they definitely were like, Hey, you know, I want to address, you know, this character specifically, and you're the GM for this. So I need you to be that. Okay. You bet. Definitely, you know, happy to do that. And, uh, so you know acted in that far but yeah largely no they they were able to just go around pick up clues kind of figure it out talk to the other teams and the and the members that they you know we had strategically like baked into the whole plot who they would know and how and what that meant you know so they got to kind of follow all those trails
0: yeah yeah definitely all right so yeah definitely um lots of good stuff there um do you remember any specific, uh, or, like, any player that kind of stood out or anything that kind of stood out to you about that game? Um,
2: yeah, we had, we had several players who were, like, very heavily invested just in, like, playing a hunter. Because, you are you know, like, as you had stated earlier, people, nobody, nobody runs hunter. So, you know, the real hunter enthusiasts who wanted to play, you know, were there, right? So, um... There was um I think like my primary player, I forget her name now. I think it was
1: like maybe Julia or It was Joanne. Joanne, yeah, that's what's her name. Joanne. Yeah, call her uh, Hunter Joanne. We her Hunter Joanne because we know another Joanne. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. So
2: Hunter Joanne, yeah, I remember her. So she stands out the most because she was the most invested in her character. And in the story, you know, and uh, what was happening with, you know, the the two schools and the leader of her school and why, like the leader of her school would not attack the leader of the other school, just would not do it, you know, Uh, wouldn't call him out all that. So there was like this big mystery behind, uh, you know, that relationship. And they never, they never actually got, got to the heart of it. We didn't write that far. I never wrote that far in and we didn't get to play it. But um, so like there was this big strife where. And so if you're playing it, for, you know, in the future, you know, keep in mind that, yeah, there's this sort of like love between the two main characters, these like the two soldier types or whatever that, you know, they won't betray, like the one won't betray the other, even though the other one's already betrayed the other one
0: Yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. He just won't do it. Yeah. And we did continue because you only did it year one and then we did year two and three and Joanne showed up to all. Oh yeah, I bet. of them. And <laughs> she was like super excited about um because uh Mike took over Hunter actually after you yeah, I uh, took over Hunter.
2: Oh, super. Yep. Thank you. How
0: I did took it go? A pretty
1: I took it in a different direction. Sure. <laughs> but not too different. There was still a Hunter Academy. But yeah, Joanne was still uh I think every time we see her at a convention, because we saw her a bunch of times at like Origins and other places, and she would always stop us and talk to us and be like, "You got to run more Hunter." <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, she was very enthusiastic. Yeah. Although the thing that I the thing that I remember about her was uh, I think it was because that first game uh, we ran was in 2018 at Gen Con, and or no, it was earlier than It that was 2015, uh, I but think. we. Yeah, but we uh, we were there a little bit early on day two and we started drinking outside. We were getting gin and tonics and sitting outside and, and smoking yep. and and <laughs> uh, she just came and sat with us. And I think it was like two or three minutes before our start time, uh, you know, Frozen Fallout here comes and like runs up to us outside. and He's like, what the hell are you guys doing? We're the game starting in two minutes and we were like we're sitting with a player it's okay because there's a player here that's right it all it all it's turned all out really well. this is all part of it ah yeah. <laughs> uh, yes doing it live <laughs>
0: the chaos yeah that's Those right were
1: fun but draining days
0: draining well it was it was 10 hours yeah it's two yeah. days 10 hours uh what was it friday Ugh. and Friday and saturday, saturday. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the,
2: ten was, hour the point of it was it Thursday and Friday?
1: No, it was Thursday and Friday, wasn't it? Well, it Might have been Thursday and Friday. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. and and the whole point of it was to
0: get enough hours to get the free hotel on top of the free badge. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole point of having ten hours for two days was so that we could each have um, yeah so, so paid, many hours yeah. underneath us. Um, and it wasn't
1: wasn't even worth it. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. It, it took <laughs> doing it to find out that it wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I mean, well, I mean, like, it was definitely, like, a fun experience. Like, I'm, you know, you're going to Gen Con. You're there for all-day gaming, you know, in some yeah. form or another, whether it's to receive
0: or participate or both. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you're... There's when different ways a, of breaking employer, it up than 10 hours all at once in one game yeah. with 10 players. Um,
2: well, and focused on, like, one thing, too. You know, like, you got to break it up into different genres and games and walk around and eat lunch. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, We
0: afterwards, we toned it down, I think, to, like, eight hours and, like, six hours, I think, eventually. Like, we, we, we kept on toning down the amount of hours that we had. Um, yeah, I think we still made it to... uh
1: to a free badge but we never tried for the hotel again it was just it was too much yeah I'm no kidding yeah well the GM badges some clouds so yeah yeah
0: so you're a pretty avid uh, gen con goer you uh, how, how long have you been going to gen con oh um I don't know <laughs> I think 2008
2: was maybe my first one 2008 or 2007. Oh really? Um, so
0: you you weren't part of the original crew that uh, that went all the time um, back? No. There. So
2: yeah, the first year that I went, uh, um, or maybe the second, or the, I think the first year that I went was something like the second year that it was in Indianapolis or something okay. along oh. those lines. Yeah. So I wasn't with the original crew of our people who went to Milwaukee when it was uh, held there.
0: Huh. yeah i always i always i always imagined you as part of that group that's interesting because we had this group nope. of people that went to Milwaukee every single year since like nineteen ninety nine or something like that wasn't it or no nope. you
2: you hear those wild stories
0: <laughs> no nope, I wasn't there for any
2: of that was that was Chuck and Matt and Joe and Mark and some other dude, maybe some other people I don't know and uh just uh, some
0: bizarro times apparently. So what's, what's the major thing? So you got into uh, going, you know, you probably heard about all these stories and stuff like that. You got to Gen Con. What was your experience when you, your first experience with, with Gen Con?
2: Oh, I was blown away. I, well, you know, like I'm from Marshfield, you know, there's like nothing going on up there. So I don't even, you know, natively don't even know what a big convention is, right? Yeah. Um, You know, until I start, until I live in Madison and then I work at a hotel that's connected to a convention center. Even then, I still don't know what a big convention is. So finally, it's
0: a minor one.
2: (laughs) Yep, exactly. So I get down to Gen Con and it's huge. You know, it's just wall to wall. There's connected buildings, you know, to the center. You never have to go outside, even though it's so fucking hot outside. It stinks everywhere, you know, and like in Indianapolis, which is a big enough town to just stink everywhere. And, uh, yeah, um. My, my experience with it was that you know it was just it was so huge it was so much games it was all all kinds of games you know it was you know any kind of you know gaming interest um you know they, they set up mech pods and card tables and computers to play various games at and zones and then like giant dice to throw and, you know, maybe do some d d thing and get a get a thing and, you know, and it was it, it's all the free stuff cards that take you around the place like whoever makes the scavenger hunts for stuff. You know, the I would highly recommend if you've never been to a Gen Con and you are going to Gen Con, that when you do go to Gen Con, you get one of those tour cards that gets you where you're doing stupid shit. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it takes you
0: around, like, it has you do all of the free games and all of the, yep. um, you know, like, you get to do basically all the demoing. That and you really might needs. shit. And it's fun. It's so much fun to just kind of go. And then, yeah, the free stuff. Um, I don't know how much they're doing that anymore. I feel like that the last few years I haven't, I haven't participated yeah, in any of Yeah, there's the... been less
2: and less merch. You know, every time there's been less, you know, swag bags and the swag bags had less. You know, I remember like the very first time I ever went to Gen Con in it. Like my swag bag had in it like um, a whole game with a, you know, with a CD code for one month free of some rune. Rune something, some online, well not, not RuneScape, but I don't know. And then it came with like a deck of magic cards and it always had the Gen Con dice in it, you know, and then it also had, um, you know, the coupon book, which you still get, you know, and the magazine and it actually came in a bag. Uh, <laughs> these days, it's just, you know, here's the coupon book. Bye. You know, and then you can go to the booth that gives you the dice, and if they have any, you can get one, you know, and uh, the coupons aren't cool, really, anymore. more than not, You know, and by cool, I mean, like, and I get it, this is expensive for these places to give out. Maybe it wasn't profitable for them, or, you know, I don't really understand the economics of it, but, like, as, as a person who goes to Gen Con, I love the place, but, yeah, it's definitely become more stingy if there's,
0: you know... And I don't know that it's gotten any better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I feel like they still have the demo area, but I feel like they don't have the demo cards anymore.
2: Yeah, like the companies that were coming in and doing like the big stuff in their booth aren't doing that anymore. You know, like there used to be like uh, multi-story, you know, and I don't know if it's regulations and security and safety (laughs) that dictates how you can build your booth anymore. I, I don't know, but like it used to be much more interesting uh yeah. when you go you know
1: gen con has continued to get bigger but has has become less important to the gaming industry as a whole for marketing and yeah like, stuff like well, uh positively a years ago... because,
2: like they bring in like they're they're, they're they're making room for the little guy
1: right like obviously
2: but is that has that been good for business i don't know Yeah,
1: to a certain extent I I'd just like to reference the a few years ago we went uh, Josh and I went to go see uh, a retrospective on Vampire the Masquerade and they were talking about how Gen Con in Milwaukee was the place where you brought your flagship product you had to get it printed before Gen Con so that it could be there and it was because the fucking internet didn't exist you couldn't market anything except at conventions and now yeah. it's. It's just not that demoing at booths isn't as important anymore. Uh, giving big discounts at GenCon just doesn't work anymore because people only buy shit online. So, oh, and and they're
2: making your game online now too. I mean, like you can play Catan online, you can play Dominion online. Yeah, you, know, you can you can make any of these simple board games into a digital game that is much smarter about shuffling or losing pieces or scratching a tile or. Yeah losing All a card
0: stuff. oh my god that's the crappiest part about a board game is like you you lose some important card or something like that it's like oh crap
2: yeah it's we're definitely watching like gaming morph from well you know and it's some things that are becoming more tactile i think we're seeing like more board games are coming into existence than ever have mm-hmm. we're also seeing more digital board games come into existence and games that were physical are becoming digital
0: Yeah, and then there's tabletop simulator that's out there. I'm not sure how that all works out, but it's it's interesting because like almost every game that's yeah you can download it on the mod workshop yeah. So I don't know how they got away with that that concept, but
2: (laughs) yeah, well it's because you could just do whatever you want with it. So if you could just take the time and rebuild your favorite game in it,
0: it'll let you. Yeah, I'm just wondering how that legally works out, though, because oh, if you're not selling it. Then... Well, they're selling their game, and then the, the well, mods you're that the come game, along but... with it are part of you know the only thing that make the game worth it. Like tabletop simulator without mods is like
2: well, I mean, what's what's every game but Gary's mod without any
0: settings made <laughs> for true. it? You know, but they're not they're <laughs> not taking another IP and putting it into that game. No, you know, and that's what well, this is. Yeah, it's. It's saying I'm I'm a tabletop simulator game, but I want you to take all these other IPs and I want you to make them for my game and let you play it in my game, and none of those IPs are going to get any of the money from what we're doing here.
2: Yeah, but but that's because they're individual person projects being built to replicate that o- other game. It's not it's not some so so you can't you can't sell Clank the game on. Uh, I mean, Clank can sell their official version, you know, through that board game, distributor, tabletop, whatever, VR, tabletop, but like an individual person can just take their game pieces and scan them in on a scanner and like load them into Photoshop and make all little pieces and load it up, you know, and load their little package into tabletop simulator as well and call it Clank as well. And if they set up the rules right, it'll work.
0: Yep, and as long as they're not making money off of it, I understand that that's kind of a big thing with not. That's thing, not nobody's violating. making
2: money, but are but people aren't making money because people can do that instead of buying the game, and that's that's the hitch, right? Like that's the that's the part where board game companies are like, hey man, you're taking money out of, you know, my pie. Right. And people who are just like, fuck it, I don't want to pay for it.
0: Now I will but- say the thing about tabletop simulator that makes me not so avid about it is that it's. It's really hard to play, to be honest. Like it's oh, you have to yeah, learn
2: really touchy.
0: Yeah. And um, to sure like I really want to get, get a game of Twilight Imperium going on that because the setup for Twilight Imperium is like two and a half hours, and then the game is like eight hours. And <laughs> then <laughs> and shuffling cards is so long, you know, just oh, the whole time. Yeah, I
2: know. It is. Yeah, so these it's really nice. These games can take that and do the digital uh you know shuffling and and randomization and setup of things for us which is super nice yeah absolutely it's it's a it's like the same kind of upgrade as like when we went from like vhs and audio tapes to cds you never had to hit rewind yeah,
0: again. Yeah, please rewind. Thank God that's gone.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, or I mean, like, like kind. that could be your job, like a single person's job all day is just rewinding tapes at a store. <laughs> Probably was. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, they made little machines that—that's what they did. They just rewinded them. You could put them on your TV.
0: <laughs> My mom had one It was a new Beetle. Yeah, I remember having the, the tape deck that the only thing that it did was rewind tapes. That's, yeah. that's, that's all that it did. <laughs> it didn't want to burn out the motor on your VCR, so, you know. Yeah,
2: exactly, you know, that thing's also a sensitive thing. I mean, like, you know, just the technology itself is using magnets on a weird strip and a reader to do audio and video. Humans are so roundabout the way that they figure shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, uh, digital is much simpler, but far more complex than the, in terms of what it's made out of.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we don't have to deal with that. That's the beautiful part. I don't have to worry about how that crap got made. All I got to do is, is just figure out how to use what they've made. <laughs> and I can say that uh, it's a lot easier recording shit these days. Cause like, I, I don't know, were you there when we tried recording at uh, Matt's house? Um, I don't know if you were part of any of those campaigns. Um, There was, like, a short yeah. period of time where we got, there like, was a team back. Yep, I remember. Yeah, Matt had it all the time. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we would tried, go to like, quick trip. <laughs> we would try <laughs> recording things for the game. It was just, I mean, I'm sure we could have spent money to get you know, better mics for everybody. You didn't have any money. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have any money. We just, we used what, <laughs> like a tape deck from the eighties or stuff. We used
2: money. all our money to get copies of character sheets at the copy machine for ten
0: cents at Quick Trip. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I yep. remember that distinctly.
0: <laughs> yeah, or buying cigarettes. Yep. Or buying
2: cigarettes, yeah. Well we smoked. We had to smoke a lot then back when we were kids. Yeah. It's very important. <laughs>
0: Don't smoke. Yeah, don't smoke. It's bad for you. We were dumb kids, but uh, and we wasted a lot Maybe of money expensive. on that shit. It is expensive. Doesn't really get you anything either. I don't know.
1: Looks cool some places. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you feel cool. It's got the feeling nah, of man. cool. <laughs> I can't wait to play some board games with you guys one day. I can't. Wait, what are so? you doing this, this coming weekend? What's that? We're gonna do it a Cabin Con.
0: Oh yeah. Are you going to Cabin Con, uh, Mike? I'm I'm not able to since I'm in Philadelphia. I would go though. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna wait for
1: uh for vaccine.
0: Yeah, Fair hopefully enough. that'll be coming pretty soon. It's kind of a crazy time period that yeah. we're all in this waiting stasis right now, just waiting for Yep, working from
2: home actually i keep i keep going into the office but i'm like the only person there there's like one other dude there too most of the time and that's it
0: yeah that's what joanne does she goes into the office because nobody else is there so she gets to work out of the office <laughs> and i i get to stay home and, and work from like, home. i yeah, guess so. the office has gigabit you know internet up and down <laughs> so it's fast
2: <laughs> and i have two standing desks i rated I raided the area and I just stole some standing desks
0: and now they're in my office. <laughs> yes. So we're coming up a little bit here. I was wondering, um, I'm up almost on an hour here. I was just wondering, um, if there's any specific, uh, shout outs or projects or anything that you're, you're currently working on that, uh, that you want to kind of talk about or any shout outs that you kind of want to give to people?
2: Oh, sure. Well, shout outs. Sure. Well, you know, uh, gosh, shout out to you froze. Uh, I think, you know, like you've been, uh, I think a icon in my gaming life the whole time I've been gaming, you've been around. So I think in my life, for the most part, you've been our storyteller. So like a lot of my adventuring has been, you know, whatever, you know, it's me trotting the paths of frozen fallouts, damaged psyche.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way of putting it.
2: (laughs) You know, and so, yeah, you've shown me a lot of your world. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting place. I I see a lot of recurring characters throughout the different stories and themes and things like that. So I feel like I have an interesting insight into your part of you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I appreciate you putting it out loud. Hard work and um, just in general having what it takes to be a, a storyteller, um, you know, it's tough to be a storyteller sometimes because it does, it's it's something that I think that you can train and skill up.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: I also think that, like, you have to have, you know, the f- ability to free think a little bit and pivot and on what your players are doing. You know, like, I often would joke, and I've been a storyteller, too, for long enough. I often joke that, like, <laughs> if you know, I write for about one hour before every game, and that's it. You know, and by right I mean I'm staring at something trying to think vaguely about what the fuck we're gonna do in this session, you know, yes. if if it's not something that's written down for me, so to speak. But you know, and that's it. I give it one hour and I never give it any more than that, because if I write more than that, I'm just going to be disappointed because we aren't doing that. We're doing whatever the hell the players, you know you know, I've written I've written this direction and they go three or four steps in and we immediately take a left. You know, <laughs> so like uh, I understand, like so. I appreciate you. Like we often do that to you, I think. Uh, you know, and you roll with it. You roll with it well. I, I learned I very,
0: very soon in my GMing career that pivoting and doing whatever the hell the players want is way better than than trying to force them into what you want to do. But I always tried to. I always looked at it as a like I give you a buffet of different things to do, um, and you've got this big train. Um, And if you jump off the train, I'm just going to, I'm going to follow you, but I'm going to try and get you back onto the train eventually.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, that's kind of how you have to look at it. You know, like you don't have to necessarily like force them either, but like you can convince them, you know, or. Give them uh, goodies
0: to go that way.
2: Goodies or, you know, like, and if you are going to force it, it doesn't have to be like this damaging thing. It's just like, whoop, you're there now. The fuck did that happen? You know, like nothing's lost. It's just you've been teleported or, or if not teleported, like some other segue just gets you there, you know, like, and you just, you have to pivot and, and, and make that change and make it make, you know, make them think that they did it if that's what has to happen. But
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, sometimes
2: that's key. Yeah. Uh, well, like other shout outs, um, you know, like, I guess, I'm always just really happy, you know, that I live in a time where game makers are, you know, trying just about anything like, you know, there's everything under the sun right now that you could try to play as a game, you know. And so I think right now we're like in a really cool era of experimentation and exploration in tabletop gaming, Um, whether it be a board game, whether it be paper and dice or some kind of like LARP or mix of all of that um because that's what we're seeing right now is all of these combos somebody's you know trying to find the golden elixir you know the go- the golden egg you know that's the perfect game but yeah i doubt there is one i think perfect i think continual iteration is the perfect game you know like maybe maybe somebody should make a game that's a game because what you're trying to do is improve a game for yeah. some game dev maker already exists i guess but <laughs> uh i don't know it's kind of like an interesting thing where um well we'll always find another way to take our lenses and try to look through them we'll always try to find a new color or spectrum or interesting type of game method or or, or uh uh yeah, the way it's received or, or played or exhibitioned or exhibited or whatever mm-hmm so, I'm just really excited to live in a time where I know that I can play games until I die, and I will never ever get to play all the games. And it, kind of the funny thing is is like, you know, as I age, I'm just kind of like it's realizing it's hitting me now. There isn't enough time, and it's okay. There never was enough time.
0: <laughs> there is never enough time that is for sure
2: so what that means is you have to pick your favorite games you know find them love them play them share them with your friends
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely
2: yeah as for projects though for myself like i don't really i'm not like making any games like i'm running a, i'm gonna run a Starfinder game but it's it's really just uh It's a campaign that already exists. I'm reading it out of a book, so I'm getting all the material from that. It's uh, Starfinder, uh, which is relatively new. It's been out for a bit. There's been a few books out for it. Um, It's Pathfinder in space, so if you've played any Pathfinder, you know about that storyline a little bit. There's the world of Galarian, where we just mentioned Catapesh, That's where we were playing when we were playing uh, our game Uh, in Galarian. Well, Galarian's been destroyed or it's gone. It's not destroyed necessarily, but nobody uh, knows where Galarian is. And that's the planet, right? Yep. That's the planet. However, the station that was around Galarian is still there in, in the same space that the planet was in, you know, in orbit around the sun. Um, so it, you know, it's, it's an interesting sort of take on everything and, you know, magic has changed. So there's, there's not arcane or divine magic. It's just mysticism, you know, uh, there's other types of weird alien abilities and different races, but also a smattering of your typical races and classes that you expect. But um, I mean, it's 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 a good. I think it's a good run through for us to learn how to play the game. Yeah, and see see if it hooks us. Like I don't know if it will honestly. I like I like futuristic type settings a little bit honestly, when I'm playing them on a computer. But I don't know that I like playing them as much when I'm. D'ing, you know, I think I like the uh, swords and sorcery a bit more than uh than the Starfinder stuff. But I still like technology and I still like spaceships. So I want to play it out and see how it feels and see if it's something that we can it can grow with us at all, or if it's just a one-off Goofy. Yeah, I,
0: I liked the, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed the Star Wars games that we had played over the years um, that gave us that. Yeah. Like, I feel like almost every Star Wars game starts off with us finding a way to steal a, sh- a ship. <laughs> like in order to own a starship it's just like okay first things first let's go steal ourselves a starship
2: <laughs> well when you're at space yeah yeah the star wars games okay so i like to play this but star wars is different to me for some reason i'm I, i'm categorizing it in my brain differently so I, it didn't even occur to me but yeah we played a bunch of star wars stuff and i even ran a bunch of yeah uh did a lot saga of star wars. edition ones yeah and um it, it's it's one of those dnd 3.5 ones where I, I had a lot of fun with it, but I had a lot of players who wanted to just break the system and just min max so hard. And that game was one that if you did that, you could just break it. And it was it wasn't any fun for anybody else playing. I'm sure they had a, a ball, but never, everybody else was just like, "My character doesn't do that. What's what's wrong?" <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah the 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 power gaming slash like trying to just crunch all the numbers to get to get to yeah. that super powerful character. I'm I'm personally just not a person that's really into playing with or, or, you know, doing that myself just because. Yeah, I don't. I like to, I like to
2: build a concept of a neat idea in my head. And to some people that neat idea is building that Min max character. Look what Mm. I made the most heroic, you know, whatever, whatever O type of this guy, you know? And it's like, yeah. But you know, like if you're playing with a group of people who aren't doing that, you're not playing the same game.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, no, exactly. And you know, it's it's I don't know, it's an interesting kind of thing, but um yeah, I, I that's one of the reasons why I've I've focused a lot more moving away from Dungeons and Dragons as a GM is because there's so much min maxing that goes on there. Now you can do it in the world of darkness, absolutely. Is I mean tons of people try to min max in the world of darkness. It's actually a little bit easier to min It's just really hard, it's, it's you know. really hard to correct for in D and D. It's it's really hard to correct for in D and D and D and D is about the numbers. It's about the math. It's about the fighting. It is. It's about the mechanics. Um, and the role play is there. There's abso- absolutely role play, but there's absolutely oh, yeah. playing D and D with zero role play at all. You could you could play a very fun game of Dungeons and Dragons and have almost absolutely no role playing between the players or even the characters that the GM sure. are playing. That you know you're just a bunch of adventurers that are going out hunting down monsters, killing stuff, and you know going through dungeons and doing dungeon crawls all day long um which is yeah, why you I, you i've got a to... loop system right yeah <laughs> it tells you how much to
2: award for what you bet yeah right. yeah i mean and people people like playing that way sure i mean yep. i
0: mean one could argue you could play world of darkness like that too it you wouldn't could. be any fun <laughs> it'd be way less yeah. fun than, than dungeons and dragons <laughs> i think in that way because yeah no dungeons and dragons
2: really is built from the ground like up to To include that in that way, exactly right. Uh,
0: And and World of Darkness is built from the ground up around the concept of role playing. Um, Yeah, and so that's that's kind of what got me a lot more into World of Darkness as a GM. Um, I don't mind. I I like playing um, in Dungeons and Dragons these days, and I probably will run a Dungeons and Dragons um, or Pathfinder or some kind of fantasy setting game. um, You know, at Gen Con one of these years. Because um, I have some ideas on like Halo Stars Dungeon that I like, they, oh, yeah. you know, kind of like a mix of uh, Diablo this is, three. This is and, Diablo three, yeah. With is... with Hallow Stars Dungeon, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you get killed. That's fine. You get resurrected and thrown back, and all your loot drops on the ground. So if the whole party dies, you just end up, you know, back at the top, you know, with some loss of experience <laughs> and and yeah, that was fun. I think down.
2: that that's I think that Halo Stars Dungeon is a lot of fun because you, again, yeah, there's no story. You're just you're just fighting stuff, right? Or if there's a story, you can just ignore it. It doesn't matter. You just fight whatever's in front of you. Good job. Yep. Get treasure. Keep keep going deeper. Um, and that's great for something at Gen Con, especially if you're not expecting to have the same people play year in and year out. It can just be anybody. Oh, what is it? Is a hack and slash? Awesome.
0: Yep. <laughs> just jump in <laughs> and start killing stuff.
2: Yep. I'm just gonna roll some dice and get some gear and kill some things.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: sure awesome adventure league what's that sounds like adventure league yeah 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 very yeah
0: awesome well we're coming up on an hour here so i'm just gonna um throw out a few shout outs here for some of the other podcasts that are out there that are doing some really great stuff and uh also wanted to thank you so much coder for being on the show here um So definitely check out uh, Twin Cities by Night. They do a lot of actual plays um, of a lot of different games, not just World of Darkness. They do all different types of games. Um, They had originally started off with with World of Darkness, but they've expanded out to tons of cool different things. And they they do some really great editing um, to really give you kind of a a product um, for their actual plays that sounds very professionally made, um, comparatively to a lot of other stuff that I've seen out there compared to us for sure. Uh, also check out uh, Midnight Express podcast. Uh, they're the ones that really got me into, um, or he's the one that got me into podcasting in general after being on his show when we were talking about what we were doing for our Gen Con stuff. Um, he's got some really great world of darkness stuff. Um, and definitely check that out. Um, just tons and tons of, uh, stuff for you to kind of check out um in his podcast um utility muffin labs has some really great podcasts um as well as uh, world of dark ages and mage the podcast all really great um podcasts for you guys to check out um and if you enjoyed uh the show that we are giving you here go ahead and give us um a you know follow or a like or whatever the hell this stuff is for you know we're on twitch we're on youtube instagram twitter um instagram is just a bunch of stuff about my cats um so if you if you like cat pics, uh, two two cats that love to cuddle with each other, <laughs> that's my Instagram. <laughs> uh,
1: and and don't forget to tune into our mage game uh, on Monday nights, Technogate, uh at seven PM Central Time on Twitch at twitch.tv slash golden age stories.
0: And remember that's gold spelled G-U-L-D-A-N. Awesome. Well, thank you all for watching this week, and uh, we will be back next week um, at seven o'clock central time. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great night. Thanks for having all me. Night. Good night.